You are now locked into the Preacher's Says podcast. We're here to free the real of the transitional struggles Christian women face. We will be better and do better. We're back with another topic for y'all today. Thank you so much for all the love um, on our first episode. The love has been real. Thank you so, so much. It was a heavy one. It was a, it was a heavy one, but the response has been really positive. So, so, so shout out to you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Before we move on, let's quickly introduce ourselves. Okay. Um, so today you're here with Abby Soye. Rosalind. And Kenya. Um, as usual disclaimer, Joe's not here. Um, she's taking some time out, but God willing, she's going to be joining us soon. And in the meantime, we're going to be holding the fort. And we know that y'all are missing Josephine. We're missing her as well. We, we love you, Joe. Love you, Joe. <laughs> oh, Josephine. <laughs> So what are we talking about today, guys? Abs. I love how you just said abs. <laughs> um, so we are discussing, um, I would say, a very hot topic on social media right now. Um, a list or a couple of lists went out um, over the last couple of weeks of um, people who have been accused of sexual assault. Um, there were about 20 or, or so names on, on lists and um, it has really got the, especially Twitter, the TL, you know, buzzing about, you know, about sexual assault, about what women have been dealing with um, from, you know, people that they, they're quite close to, you know, their friends from university. Um, and we, we said at Preachers that we definitely need to talk about it because it's, is something that could potentially be affecting our listeners, but as women as well, um, you know, we should. Um, and we, as we always do, we will always bring our Christian perspective um, to try and help and educate, um, to try and help our Christian sisters um, navigate this topic. So, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, disclaimer, this topic might be triggering for some people. Um, we are going to try and deal with it as sensitive as possible because we know that, you know, there are some people even just by just hearing of the topic is, you know, it triggers um, certain feelings, certain things you're dealing with. And so we are apologizing for that in advance. Um, we hope that this will bring healing um some sort of um outlet for you to feel encouraged um for you to feel like you have sisters um with us um and so uh, maybe to kind of zoom in do we want to define what sexual abuse is um i'm gonna go to my friend wikipedia so from wikipedia it says um sexual abuse is abusive sexual behavior by one person upon another it is often perpetrated using force or by taking advantage of another. So it's not always force. It can just be also grooming, taking advantage, etc. Yeah. Um, when force is immediate, of short duration, or infrequent, 
it is called sexual assault. So that's the difference between sexual abuse and sexual assault. So um, just to just dive a bit deeper, sexual assault is an act in which a person intentionally sexually touches another person without the person's consent or coerces or coerces or physically forces a person to engage in a sexual activity against their will it can be um, sexual violence which includes rape forced vaginal anal or oral penetration or drug facilitated sexual assault groping child sexual abuse or torture okay so then if we're reflecting back on the list that um has been circulating they weren't specific to say what type of sexual assault, but we can assume that it comes under those categories that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess maybe we can start with um, what was what caused a lot of this. Mm, to be honest, the bunch caused it, the triggered that conversation, I feel. So, okay, so from what I remember, basically um, a girl came out um, really, really describing in detail um, that Debanj had um, did, did he rape her or sexually assaulted her? You said a sexual abuse. To be honest, um, one of the reasons why we've also defined it is that we there might be times that by the way that we're describing it, it might sound like we're trivialising it, or we are saying it's not it's not uh, a big. Uh, whatever we're saying it all falls under sexual abuse so we're, we're gonna try our best to kind of navigate this conversation with the right language um mm. but forgive us please if we don't um yeah so it was some sort of sexual abuse and then um so she put that statement out and then um from if correct me if i'm wrong abs and um the band basically um got her arrested um got her to recant her story um and it was just it was just a, a prime example of um someone getting the confidence having the boldness to out their sexual abuser right and then the sexual abuser being in a place of power um basically shutting them down and them feeling helpless so i guess the question is um the 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 purpose of this list right I don't know what the purpose is, but the girl that start curated this list said she's going to put together a list of um, known keyword known known sexual abusers in the UK that are in, in very much in our popular scene, so that are very known, so that girls can be aware of who these people are. So essentially, it was more of like a shame name and shame, right? So one, what are our thoughts about it and? what yeah what what are our thoughts on the list i think that whatever her intention was it wasn't seen in this in through the list so maybe her intention was to make people or just to make people aware and to maybe you know prevent others from going through a similar experience to other women who had been abused by some of the men on that list um but i think instead what it did is i think it did a lot more damage than it did um good in this situation um which is a real shame in what way it's a shame um because no a damage in what way oh so you know um some of these men that are on the list um, were married or are married um some of these people 
seem to some of them seem to be caught unaware and so they're a bit startled like oh I didn't know I did x y and z and I think it's maybe um had an impact on their careers even or just other aspects of their life it's it's affected a lot of people mentally it's even affected um other followers people in like you said I think before you said something about some people have been triggered Mm. some people who were who have been sexually abused have now also been triggered by this whole situation and it's placed them probably into a place where they were really fighting hard to come out of for a long period of time yeah um so the intention may have been for good but I think it's done a lot of damage and I don't know what it has solved I think definitely in in terms of what the the list what her intentions were or the purpose of it I think I get it I don't know if I agree with it but or I don't disagree with it but I do understand that a lot of the times um people that that have been sexually abused a lot of the times you actually feel very helpless in your situation and -hmm. you don't feel um bold or empowered enough to go and confront your perpetrator or even speak about what you've experienced a lot of the times people just sit on what they've experienced so I get that I feel like there was a an empowering element of what she was doing Mm. however I feel like it was done in a very reckless way because um equally there'll be people on the list that are victims um but the 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 way that she just she issued at the list I feel like it was not um done with any controls in place like it was just like I'm gonna I'm gonna dm these lists we're not gonna send it to any guys maybe we'll send it at some point but we'll dm it to people and you add to the list of people that have um if you've experienced or you know you have you know any known um um sexual abuses and I understand that you know there are people that are on there that are equally need to be on there and those people need to um be charged and you know go be persecuted for i don't know i don't even know i'm using the word persecution but you get my drifts um but i just i feel like um because it wasn't controlled like the topic in itself is sensitive and i just feel like the approach to it was not sensitive and it didn't bear in mind the fact that if if somebody should be stupid enough to lie about something they've experienced where i'm not saying people lie because in most cases people that um people that go through sexual abuse majority of time when someone actually says it 80 percent of the time is a truth and it's not a lie um but it's like if people can just add to the list they can just add anybody to their list and we we wouldn't know there was no remit i'm not saying one is bigger than i'm not saying one is bigger than the other and so the one is wrong one isn't but every form of sexual abuse or sexual assault is wrong but it didn't even give any remit it didn't say oh a did this b did this it kind of lumped everyone together as a rapist and so instead of people actually tweeting and you know checking on these women and putting our resource on mm-hmm. people can go and seek help here or if you want counseling i want this what was trending on people talking about people's names people talking about people's wives and so i just feel like she turned it into like a name and shame trial by social media and it was just I don't know personally I just feel like it was not really effective it took a it it created conversations but you can have conversations and people can move on but people that are truly affected be it that someone is a have been abused they would want results right uh the people that were on the list were they arrested where they were they questioned by the police it's like if there's there 
I don't know what has happened following from that list, but it's one of those things. I feel like the so, Twitter or social media was not the place to do that. And if you were truly going to do that, there should have been right, like necessary controls in place for that. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree with basically what both of you have said. Uh, what I actually was stuck on from the beginning was when you mentioned the Debange incident, it made me think that maybe some of these women felt like, felt like that was the only way that they could express um, mm-hmm. what happened to them because this is an example of if I do express myself, um, I'm going to be ridiculed. I'm going to, you know, my account's going to be hacked and I'm going to have to, uh, you know, cause that's what happened that her account was hacked. The one that accused Debange um, and to, to force her to recant. Um, so it puts people in a very, I guess, awkward situation where they could potentially feel that this is the only thing that I can do, you know, to really tell my abuser or, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of shame my abuser for what he did. And it kind of reminds me of the Me Too movement because um, it it took women that were in um, sh- the showbiz um, scene for years and years and years to finally speak out about the things that were going on um, and they felt that that was the best way that they could do it, you know, um, to start putting, feeding things out. Some of them actually vocally said it, but some people were feeding things that, you know, this is, they, they went through the law and said, this is what, this is what's going on. Um, you have people like anonymous and random people like that who are yeah. feeding out that this person is, a, has done this, this person has done that. So sometimes it feels like doing it in that way on online is the best feels like the best or the only opportunity having said that like what rosalind said twitter in my opinion is not the platform to do that because twitter mm. has cancel culture twitter is for dragging for yeah. dragging that's literally mm. it so yeah. if you're going on twitter it's like and you're doing it on twitter you're sharing these type of things i really really question your motive mm. um i really question what you wanted to come out of it um, and it really makes me think about how we see each other as human beings, how we feel like we should treat each other, um, because this is an open sin, but many sins are secret that God sees equally the same, yeah. you know, and you're using the opportunity to, discri- to you know, to um, shame somebody who rightfully so some of these people have done it. But what about you? You've done other things that nobody, you will never have to be publicly shamed. Like, mm-hmm. why are people not thinking about that as well? So. I really do question the platform, but I don't, now that I think about it, I don't question the method as much because I feel that some people could think that that's literally it, that that's all they can do. But with the, with Me Too movement, right? Uh, like one, when it was done, it was, it was, you know, the women came back and said, we're, we're, we've, we've put together a list of people. Uh, uh, we were building a case now. We're going to the police. We're doing this. There were, I, I think that's why for me, it was like, you're going to put people through this just for the sake of talking about it because everybody knows on Twitter, people will crucify you and move on. Right. But there are people that their life could be destroyed by this. And even just the thought of thinking about it and just seeing bim, 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 bim tweets about sexual, sexual, sexual assault. This is triggering. And I just, that's why for me, it's like, I get it, but it's like, if you're this dealing with it, requires the victims to be vulnerable so you need to you need to offer a safe haven for them Mm -hmm. to be able to share and for you to for them to feel like results are going to come out of this 
I'm not going to talk about my experience just for the sake of someone can also come and tweet on Twitter and then be given their one cent about it. It doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. Also, if it's on Twitter, okay, so it's like, what do we do? What do we want? We want a response. We want an apology. Some of these men, they didn't even know what they, they, the apologies I was seeing, I was like, do they even know what they're apologizing for? Exactly. They don't know who they're apologizing to. Yeah. Like, yeah 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 that's what i feel like i i get the purpose of it and i i, I definitely understand that sometimes pe- people do feel do feel helpless and then some, sometimes you just have to go about it the way you know how but you need to go about it in an effective and a sensitive way so that you can get something out of it out of it and not just just talking that gang culture on twitter i really hate it like i i really really hate it and my prayer is that god will really just check people so that people will, will save their tweets in their saved drafts and not mm-hmm. be sharing it because it's mm-hmm. like god forbid god forbid right i'm not i'm not discrediting the list or anything like that but should any innocent person be placed on that list and then they go because of the damage that this list has caused right they go and kill themselves what are people not going to come and do because people were people was there tweeting i'll rather believe i'll rather um believe um a sex someone's sexual assault is a was a lie than um I don't know. I can't remember. But they're basically making the, the comparison between I'd rather believe I'd rather be fooled and believe that someone lied about their sexual experience than care for um somebody that's innocent that has been um um that are being um accused of sexually abusing somebody. And it's like no, like it it's not there, there's it's not comparable. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not comparable. And ultimately, the goal is to protect people, right? whether people are being lied on or whether people are being um oppressed and so yeah it's, it's tricky but um my question is okay we we said this so how do we hold sexual abusers accountable and effectively yeah i'm not sure <laughs> i'm really not sure you know i'm scared to say anything <laughs> it's really touchy i think I feel like I'm not sure because um, every, although you, you can categorize what a sexual assault is, you can't categorize everybody's experience. Everybody's experience is unique. Everybody has their own time frame where they need to, you know, to understand what happened to them, to digest it, to then decide what they want to do. Um, so um, personally, I would say that the best way to deal with it is to go to the authorities. But I think it's, it's easy to say that to go to the authorities when it's somebody that you don't know, somebody that's not personal to you, yeah. friendship group. Um, and because you have to then, even though you are the victim, you are then thinking, how is this going to affect them? It was a mistake. It, must, it was a mistake anyway. Like, you know, yeah. there's so much going through your mind if it's somebody that you know. So, you know, would you approach them and say, hi, you know, this happened. Why did you do this? I don't know. Ah. Like, so, I, so, um, we, when we were discussing this, we were talking about the stats, right? And it was that one in four girls are abused, are sexually abused before 18. And a lot of the times when you're being sexually abused is by somebody that you're very familiar with. It, it, most of the time, not saying all the time. And so I think, that in itself is very hard to um 
talk about it in general be it that you are going to the authorities be it that you're sharing with your close ones so yeah I think going through that is is very much of a thing where maybe you know there's there's a sense of um you the sense of shame there's a sense of you feel like this shouldn't happen or even sometimes the people that um the perpetrators will will groom you into thinking that this is okay and so a lot of the time sometimes when people are even sexually abused they don't know that they're being sexually abused and so i think that that in itself is a process and um it's just personally i just think it's it's a hard conversation to ha- to have mm-hmm. and so if somebody's going to your authorities is definitely easier said than done and then when people have to deal with the extra layer of not being not that you're not believed it's also another layer of hurt and pain and so um i asked that question because i just think that generally is a difficult question to answer mm-hmm. um you know there are these great resources that people can go to even just to just talk about it um and they can point you to the right people i think generally where um it is i think it's hard but definitely going to your authorities um speaking to somebody that you can trust that you actually feel like that those people will listen to you um i don't know if social media works but sometimes if you're going to put it out on social media i I just think that you have to mentally prepare yourself to address it properly and also come with your receipts because people will question you so for example like with what ray black did right like she um you know she had a receipt did you see that no so so basically um so basically ray black um she um she came out to say that ambush Mm -hmm. um sexually assaulted her so they went for an event a youtube event and when he saw her he must have like touched their breast or something but he squeezed their breast saying you look nice or whatever come they 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 hadn't really communicated before that there was no sort of conversation um and so yeah and so it's like um, when that happened, she DM'd him. So once she she confronted him, which and you know for some people it works, and she confronted him. And at first he was like, "What?" Because you know when guys hear the just any film of sexual assault, sexual abuse, their guards go up and it's like, "Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't do that." Um, but yeah, so he was basically like that. And then when she broke it down, that no, like this is what you did. You violated me. He apologized and blah 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 and so but she kept those receipts right and it's like i just think that sometimes social media is is so lawless real the reality is social media is lawless so if you're going to put yourself out there you need to be able to protect yourself because people will come for you and you need to be able to um guard yourself or get yourself a lawyer child mm, which comes back to the root of what abs was saying about going through it doing it through the authorities possibly yeah. the best well we don't want to say the best way but it's a, possibly a good yeah way of solving it yeah ultimately you want to go to the authorities because you don't want this person to be out on the street yeah. you know yeah I question, well, I question that example it was a really good example of like of actually approaching the person but what I question is why did she then put it on social media because is it that she wasn't happy with what he said? Because I don't know why it was then needed to then go on social media. That's what I think. And then to be brought up again. 
Yeah. Yeah. I want, and it makes me think, so what, what type of retribution, is retribution the right word, do you want um, for certain situations? Because I don't, if you've spoken to them and they've apologized, is it that you're not satisfied with what, and, and you have every right if you're not satisfied with it. But it, I just question why you then go to social media if, they've, if you've then said, but they apologized. I don't know. I know it's really touchy, but I just no, question. No, 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 I understand. Um, what I will say is that um, if you've been sexually abused, um, there's a lot of things that trigger those feelings and that experience. Um, you have moments of feeling like you're fine and it doesn't really affect you. And there are moments that would really trigger you. Um, and you would want to act out um, because a big part of being sexually abused is that you do not, if you're the victim, you do not have the power and someone has abused, um, taking that power and your consent from you. Right. So I just think that, um, I, do, do, does it mean people that abuse, um, that are sexual abusers need to be, um, asking forgiveness for, um, like infinitely i don't know but i just think that it's part of someone's healing is a work in progress mm. where sometimes you're over it and sometimes you're not and sometimes you you want to feel like you still have that power you want to feel like um so i i i see i understood it in that way but i also see your point that you know because he it was a dm conversation and there was you know lots of voice notes back and forth between them and he he did sound genuine and apologetic about it so you know you can make the case that he it didn't it's like you just kind of did it to name and shame him but and so I get it but I, I think that I don't know that's why I'm saying that all these people that are given you know are so eager to be talking about the topic right I I, I hear that people should create awareness but listen if you've gone through it it's not you don't want to be seeing that out there all the time if you're seeing it, you want it to be that people are to like, there's results, not that it's just another debating topic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Then you kind of um, diminish what actually happened because it's just like a, another debate online. But, yeah. it's, but it's like those people that put their, the, those people on that list um, for, for, for what we can see anyway, they did it because they, they, felt that they wanted something to happen but it just i really want to know what has happened from that list apart Me from too. the apologies that i've seen some yeah. of you i i don't know what's happened well i guess unless the victims you know make um a proper report to to the police i guess maybe nothing would happen because you are within your rights isn't it to press charges or not to press charges and so on so maybe some of them this is this is why I found that whole thing just so reckless because I thought like if you're gonna collate this list right, do you like empower me in it? Like tell me, okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna put the list out, but this is what else we're gonna do. So we're gonna go to the police. I'm gonna go with you to the police. Even if you don't wanna go to the police because you you can um you can file a case um for somebody else. You don't actually need to do it as the victim, right? Mm. She could have done that right i'm not saying she's done that or she hasn't i don't know but it's just yeah. like i just think that all of this if it didn't lead to even one arrest whether they got charged or not if it didn't even lead to one arrest i don't i just i really question the effectiveness of it i've done jury service before and it was for a rape case i just remembered this actually mm. um it's the wild, most wildest thing i've ever really done because you have somebody's life in your hands mm. um 
and the situation was so like with 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 rape cases it's literally one person's one person's um uh side against the other there's a better way to say that but um but because they're the only two people that were there so it's very it was also very difficult to convict to prove consent is exactly it's very hard um and we didn't actually convict him and that was really yeah we didn't convict him um because it just was too hazy um, yeah. And so maybe that's an, an, it's another thing that goes through um, a woman's mind when it comes to um, going to the law as well, because it's just like taking that route because it's very, it's actually very difficult to convict somebody of rape. I, I feel like there's not enough education on what, what constitutes sexual assault and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I, um, over time, society has changed back then. I'm not saying this right, but a guy maybe, you know, adding some more pressure and you say, no, 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 right? It's like, oh, you think that maybe, you know, he's putting in more work or whatever. But now, like, do you have to take no on as, a, as no? Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I just think that there needs to be more more education on um, what that, you know, sexual assault actually is. A lot of guys don't know. I was having a conversation with my friend and a lot of guys don't know that taking the condom off and not telling a girl is rape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, like, it's, things, it's things like that, that I just think that more men even women because a lot a lot a lot of women are have been sexually assaulted and they they just didn't know that was sexual assault Mm. um i just think there needs to be more education Mm. on regarding it in general and there needs to be more empowering in terms of the the resources that people have um that they can go to for help and can go to to just talk to somebody um so let's say um bring it to the church right because in in there's some churches there's a church culture of when a uh, touch not my anointed do my prophet no harm right there's some <laughs> some pastors are abusing women in the church right um they're married and doing all this stuff with the women all blah 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 and then it's like those people are um they covered right and so what in our opinion I wait. the question is how how should the church go about with things like this so let's say for in a in a scenario where there's a leader or the the head of the church has sexually abused people re- regardless of ultimately we want the people to be trialed um or charged that but how should they go about that um, how should the church go about dealing with sexual abuse basically yeah um I can only go by what I have seen like there was a report like I think it was last year of a popular Nigerian pastor um who he was accused by a popular musician's wife who said that you know years ago this pastor assaulted her um and what they the steps that their church took was to um ask him to step down and there was a a formal investigation but I think that only happened because we are in the age of social media and there was a massive push for him to be, um, for legal action to be taken. Mm-hmm. Because in general, when things like that happen, from what I've heard, 
it gets brushed underneath the carpet. It's just like, oh, you know, it's another woman that has, um, that is in love with the pastor. It's just an accusation. It's not, you know, but in that situation, they, they, they did the right thing because they were forced to, to go to the law. Um, but he was um, exonerated. Um, and yeah. He was exonerated. Yep. Kenny, what do you think? Yeah. Um, the reality is God hates sin. Um, even in Deuteronomy 22, uh, verse 25 or something about that, um, he speaks about how, you know, it says in there how the young women shouldn't be pressured into such things. And if you do, then you must die. Do you know what I mean? Um, Powerful. He, God, yeah, God is against against that kind of behavior. He's a, a God who is just, a God who, who is all for mercy and bringing justice. And so similarly, if some of his, you know, even a pastor, yes, we expect even that he should be doing the right things even more so than us, mm. the people who follow or, un, or are under their leadership. And I think that when you are not doing your job, whatever aspect of it, it is, um, you do, you do need to be put on trial for what you have done. You, you are answerable to all of these people. You are answerable to God, obviously, first and foremost. But still, these are people who are underneath you. And yes, you should be taken down from wherever you are. A, a deep investigation needs to take place because that's the same thing that would happen to anybody else in the congregation if they behaved in that manner. Normally, even if there was, it was the, someone, the drummer in the, in the group, in the choir group, if he did something like that, he would be removed from the group and he would be put on trial or he will be an investigation will take place. And so, yeah, but even though they are leaders, they are still accountable and they still need to, you know, be tested as uh, tested and trialed as everybody else would be done or would be done to everybody else. Um, and I think that if we have somebody like that in our leadership, I think it makes it even more scary. I don't know. I know everybody's scary. I know everybody sins, everybody sins, but it makes you even more worried that like, this is someone we're, we're really trusting like a lot um and this is how they're behaving towards us or this is what they're doing how can we trust the things that genuinely leave their mouth you know sometimes i know everybody sins i understand that but yeah so um what are your thoughts um on when the the church sometimes will demonize these so someone that's abusing people saying that is you know um lustful spirit mommy what's our spirit um you have to pray for them and then also i wouldn't say it's a caveat right but you know there's also the condition of okay forgive them and so once the person i guess the question i'm trying to ask is at what point do, can we let it go at what point can we just say okay you are forgiven or even saying that they are forgiven what what i don't want to say warrants because the you know god says that you know forgiveness is available to all the bible says forgiveness available to all right so who are we but it's like where where you're in a situation it's like the person has uh, um has apologized does that mean you leave it there does that mean that you don't press charges you know what do you know what, Rosalind? The, the issue is that sexual assault in the church is looked at completely different to money laundering yes. and all these other things. yeah because yeah. The yes. 
you know, after uh, denying it, denying it, he will admit that he took, maybe, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't right with the finances. But the pastor will never admit, mm. he will never admit that he sexually assaulted one of his congregation. He mm. will never. And once, if, so I don't know what, what, <laughs> retribution or how whatever what looks like afterwards because i've never i've never truly heard of a of a pastor that has admitted that he would admit that he's cheated on his wife that you know that he would admit all of these other things but never that so i mean i don't know what to jail they don't want to go to yeah that's they don't want to go to jail um so i don't know what a church how a church would react i know how a church in my opinion should react because as christians you know no sin is is different but i think that type of um invasiveness of the you know of you know your your women in your church really needs to be checked yeah Mm -hmm. i agree they need to to deal with it but the main issue i have is that no pastor will admit to that Mm -hmm. it's always that it's a lie so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i i think even i definitely echo that and it's like the pastor will not admit but also the the church doesn't have that culture of just being there for people and encouraging people that if this has happened, we're going to take care mm-hmm. of you. We're going to, you know, count, whether it be it counseling, be it therapy, be it, you know, tell the, hold the pastor accountable that even if should there, should it not be true, whatever it is, right. You hold the pastor accountable because I think that sometimes the issue is that the pastor is the, the maker of the law in the church so should anyone bring an action or should anyone accuse him for something you're basically going to accuse the law maker of mm-hmm. um of a crime and it's mm-hmm. like who who is going to now hold him accountable because he's not accountable to anybody apart mm-hmm. from god but that's the problem but that's the yeah, problem yeah. a lot when when churches look at pastors as if they are they are god <laughs> that's they the, are yeah. god yeah they feel like you know but he's a human being yes he's under a um i don't say covering but you know when it comes down to the things that he does Mm. when he when judgment day comes when he sees the lord you know it's a different type of (laughs) judgment um you know because of you know the responsibility he has for his flock but in general he is a human being um but the problem is too many churches and we it's it's natural and it's something that we need to check but we look at these pastors as if they are they are above the law. They can't do anything wrong, and that's why it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. And we never. And then when we do hear, we don't want to accept it. We say, no, no, no. Not my pastor. Not my pastor. My pastor couldn't do that because he's so high and mighty. Man of God. Um, okay, so um, in terms of women being more supported, be it in the church, be it generally. Um, actually men because they are also men that are have been abused um how should victims or how do we go about with making sure the victims are supported enough to come out but even when they come out they are protected they are um yeah like how should they be supported i think that'll be really good for us to try and think like of like you're saying what advice would we give to in a sense churches Mm. to support these women and men um because i don't think there's a lot of frameworks there so yeah Yeah. um um creating a safe space for them to be able to speak to somebody that they trust a lot 
Mm-hmm. What does that look like? So if if so, it could be through therapy. It could be um, having a mentor in in your church who you know you have frequent conversations with, and they help you along your healing journey. Um, I think that's somewhere first to start, and then from there you guys might decide how else you're going to approach this situation. Are we now going to go to the law? Are we now going to go and approach the, perp- the perpetrator, or are we going to do? this other way but you decide together I think starting off by therapy having a safe space a group of people in the church who deal with people who are abused even if it's not only sexual abuse domestic abuse as well is a is a is is another thing that's quite common Um, emotional abuse all these things yeah like someone for safeguarding isn't it yeah like having a safeguarding team I think every church needs to have that and you know you break into you know within your safeguarding team you then have sub teams who then focus on different aspects of abuse so neglect to sexual abuse to emotional abuse to physical abuse and so on and so forth I think that that's something that the church needs to have or they add into their mentorship model um you have a youth pastor who looks after the young people you might have women's group who look after the younger women there might be a male's group who look after the men but then what about all these marginalized other groups of marginalized people within our church yeah there's nothing for them um i think also churches need to speak out about these topics mm. so that they so that the victims know that i'm in a place whereby they stand with me they they also disagree with with this act um because generally speaking, God hates this act. He genuinely hates it. He doesn't like it. You know, he's a just God. And, you know, he's close to those who are oppressed and those who are hurting. Um, and, you know, and this is a matter that would still be close to him, to him. You know, God loves his children. He never wants to see his children in pain and suffering, you know. And this is, this is a prime example of pain and suffering. So we need churches to have a discussion about it whether it is you know a sunday service or even if it's just a midweek we have a random yeah whatever if it's domestic week uh domestic abuse week awareness week you put things in place to show your people that look we are here to support people who are in this position because mm-hmm. churches don't they ghost on these topics they mm-hmm. ghost on racism we don't hear we don't hear much yeah, I'm a head out. On the I'm a head out. Do, do you think that it's too onerous for churches to do background checks on their leaders? Because I think that sometimes is also important. A hundred percent. Anything to do with people, generally speaking, yeah. you should have a CRP check. Because the African churches don't do that. Of course not. They just no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that for all because I personally like. I don't know. Um, all the ins and outs of a big church but i know that you have to go through proper procedures to yeah. put people in for bigger yeah. churches but for smaller churches i can i can imagine that being the case that yeah you know anyone of us, that's a good point anyone like we have a safeguarding a team at our church they all have a crb check um yeah. let's pay 50 pounds for it even me who does sunday school i have a crb i had to have a yeah. crb check done on me anyone even if you volunteer a crb check has done on the, the Pentecostal churches that we're referring to, <laughs> because and I say this because you know it's, it's I think it's it's easier to set up a, a, ch- a church like a, you know Pentecostal mm. church. They're just I don't know. I mean, 
I, can and I don't know I think that sometimes like it depends on the culture of the church but them kind of stuff is is scary for them you know anything that's like official like some people are there that don't have like passport and things like that so it's like yeah <laughs> I don't want I don't want to serve anymore so but I think it's important because it 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 it, it creates the right um channels of you know you've you you've taken the extra steps or the due diligence to to figure out who someone is before you go and let them become the leader of the youth group before or because you know these times if they they they're pedophile or whatever and that that could have just you know been um figured out just like that um i feel like i have so many questions today but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go on because on that question that you said about what churches should be doing yeah um my thing would be there needs to be more structure around conflict of interest um specifically if it's somebody it could be somebody uh, you know that they're accusing a leader or even just a mem another member of the congregation i think is easier when it's somebody external that has um that they're accusing of of assault mm-hmm. but when it's in internal that's when it becomes a bit um, hazy so I think every church needs to have something written down about how they handle internal um, conflicts um, so that it doesn't matter who it is this is what we do so yeah that's a good yeah point. I think that's a good point so my other question is um what would be our advice be it that we've experienced it or not, um, advice to women, Christian women, who are majority of our listeners, in terms of how do they deal with how um, post being sexually abused? Um. Okay, so maybe let me set the tone. So um, most victims, I'm not saying this is always the case, but most victims that are sexually abused tend to, um, fall between two buckets where one you either especially for women you become very promiscuous um because you kind of connect you kind of equate sex to love and intimacy and all these kind of things right so um you become a bit promiscuous or and um, the other bucket is that you um kind of hate sex or you you are very anti like there's a level like you're very guarded but not even guarded very closed off so you know whether you don't like your body you don't you're very insecure about your body you don't like men like things like that so though like those tend to be just the extreme cases so let's say someone that falls between these two buckets right what would we say to encourage them what would we say in terms of maybe just maybe coming out of where they are right now or even somebody that has seen all this activity on the tl and then they're very much um now they feel like you know it's it's brought back a lot of pain and a lot of memories um how do they move forward i would say besides from action when it comes to what you should do um legally or approaching somebody um, is to just give yourself the time that you need. Um, what you said, Rosalind, I, I learned, which, which is interesting, that there's different um, stages when you talk about Ray Black, you know, there's different stages um, that you go through. Um, and I feel like it's important to go through those stages 
so that when you make a decision about what you want to do, it's an informed decision and you feel you, you are, you are, you can't really say you're happy, but you are, you, you are settled with what, you know, what you want to do. Um, it's such, it's so, it's so tough. Like I said earlier on, every individual goes through, even though you can categorize it, it goes through every, like it's all individual and it's all unique to them. But um, yeah, just give yourself the time to heal, understand what's happened um, so that oh, it's so tough, but give yourself the time. That's what I can say. Yeah. Without adding, without trying to, you know, do anything else for my heart, I would say, give yourself the time. Yeah. And then I think once you feel that you're in a space whereby you're ready to talk to somebody, I think then seeking um, therapy with people who specialize in, um, you know, uh, women who have been sexually abused because their knowledge would probably be best. Um, their knowledge and their advice and their guidance would be really helpful to you along the journey as you continue to heal, you know, talking about the whole, either when you're very guarded or the person who is very promiscuous now, again, they will know how to support you to bring you out of those positions and into finding yourself again. So I know some of the women, when, when they, um, when they have gone through this, they feel that part of them has been taken away from them. Mm. And, you know, when you have the therapy, maybe they'll be able to help you gradually piece yourself or find the bits that have gone missing. They'll be able to, you know, help you rediscover those things and make you feel whole again. Um, so, yeah, once you give yourself some time, that was what I think would be beneficial. Um, and doesn't have to be within your church um, unless you have somebody. I find that if you have somebody who is a Christian and an expert in that field, then that's like the perfect combination. Mm. Um, but at the same time I think it's good to have the two actually like go to your therapy with somebody who's a specialist but then also talking to somebody who is a believer who can coach you also along the way if that's what you think would work for you um but yeah I agree just give yourself the time and yeah no I definitely agree with what you both um have said and what I will add is probably that um just um but if you're not a christian i would definitely recommend that you know um just try and figure out what god says about you mm. and about your read the you know i will recommend reading the bible about how what god says about how he's created you how much he loves us um broken or not because i think that sometimes when you're sexually abused um a big part of that is really questioning your identity and but I don't know, there's a there's a shame element to it. So it's kind of like sometimes you, you're not, you don't even forgive yourself for being mm. in the past. Um, and so you're you're very hard on yourself as a person. And so I think that um, it, you can only find that true forgiveness and um, peace in God. Um, and I think that is very important to, to, mm. to give yourself that time to forgive yourself and kind of let go of your past really assess the areas that you feel like it has affected you um be it um if it caused any intimacy issues be it that it's affected the way that you view love the way you view men the the way you view women um and just really invest invest money into buying books reading books that really educate you on that um because the more you feed your mind with things that edify your mind the more that you're um on you know on your overriding the 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 
things that you have learned um not learned but the things that the situation has forced upon you so i think definitely investing in in resources um and um yeah and i just think have the right people around you people that um then um besides professionals but just people that you can really go and just let them pour into you and remind you of um that you're not defined by your your situations you're not defined by um the unfortunate situation that you've gone through and um let them help you and build you because you know sometimes i can imagine that it's an area that you know everyone does it in a different way but it, when you don't oh you don't allow somebody to hold you accountable for you, how you treat your wounds sometimes you can treat your wounds in a in a not in a in a way that's conducive to you and your growth so i think definitely having the right people that you trust um that you can you know pour let them pour into you and help you through it um is important but yeah overall um ultimately is your journey as ab says it's your process of healing um and you know just give yourself time to go through it mm. Oh, but Abs, you had a Bible story about um, are you interested in that one? I did, I did. So it's in Genesis 34, um, one of the first examples of um, somebody being raped in the Bible. So it was um, Dina, one of Jacob's daughters. Yeah, it's Genesis 34. So yeah, Um, if anybody wants to read it. But yeah, we hope that this was an edifying conversation. It was, like I said, in the beginning, it was something that we all really wanted to speak about. And it's not easy, but um, we pray that God um, spoken through us today. And we just want to say as well, we are your we are your sisters, you know. And if you ever want to talk, you know, we have our DMs ready and we will be happy to to help you but if there are things that we can't help you with we also have um, partnered up with a counseling service called faithfully counseling and they are offering um, their services so they have professional therapists um, that can speak to you about situations like sexual assault um, and other things as well when it comes to personal development when it comes to um just repositioning yourself your life christian counselors are available to support you as well um we have our promotional code with them um where you can get 10 percent off your first month when you start counseling with them we'll put it in the description for this episode yeah let's leave it there i think that because we've spoken about something very heaven sensitive is um good to kind of just wrap it up with a prayer and then you know i'm going and i'm going to hand it over to kenya to you know do the uh, the rest but no the rest ah, that one is the easy one babes <laughs> um but okay so um heavenly father i thank you um for our lives i thank you for this platform that you've given us i thank you for every um the life of every person that is listening to this episode father we know that today this topic is um very sensitive there are a lot of people that have gone through pain that have been um hurt by people close to them that have been taken advantage of and it affects all of us in different ways but lord you said that we should come to you because you are our healer you heal the brokenhearted you are our comforter so even though we've talked about it 
we don't want to just end this conversation with just us speaking about it we want to invite you oh lord to come and heal um every single person that is listening to this episode that has been affected by this topic oh lord father i pray that you bring true healing that you bring peace um anyone that that is still being um that they're constantly being affected by this. They don't know how to even move forward. The Lord, that you will guide them through it, that you will connect them to the right people that they can go to for counseling, they can go in, they can go to to speak to. I pray that you, oh Lord, that you are a God that can um, do all things. Your word says that your intentions for us are always to, to protect us and for, for us to um, prosper in everything that we do um, and not to harm us. So I pray that where humans have harmed us lord we are submitting it to you and we are surrendering to you for you to help us and rebuild us in the way that you see us because you said that we are beautifully and wonderfully made so enable us to see ourselves as you see us and to let go of anything that holds over us i thank you so much lord for this episode i thank you for the healing that you are bringing to the listeners that are listening to this episode and i thank you that lord you're about to turn situations around and about to set people free from the um, trauma they've experienced in the past in your name i pray amen as always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Preach It Sis Pod. Don't forget to like, comment and share this episode to your loved ones and to your pals. Thank you oh. so much. Your pals, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. And we love you. Um, don't forget to find out, follow us individually on our socials. My, you can find me on Instagram at KXNS underscore or you can find me on Twitter at Coco Ken. Shakala, baby. All day, every day. Um, and you can find me, Abby Say, on, I was going to say Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look for me. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Abby Say Austin and on Twitter at Abby Say underscore Austin. And um, you can find myself, Roslyn, on Twitter and Instagram at Roslyn Bar. We go, we go head out now. <laughs> we head out. See ya. Bye. Bye. Oh, actually, um, also for our Apple Podcast listeners, please, we would love. We went so we went through the reviews the other day, and we absolutely loved it. So, can you please leave um, a a review? Um, and if you're listening if you're listening to apple um because yeah no it really means a lot we were not really watching those stats but then when we sat down and we were going through it was just like oh this is really nice this is really giving us the boost and the confidence that we need so please keep them coming basically keep them coming um yeah just we we need the support so thank you in advance Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Don't leave me. Don't leave (laughs) me.